Fine job, Randy. I tell our worship leaders, especially during this uh, series with all these difficult names, that the key is just to pronounce it wrong boldly and nobody will know because you don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. I don't know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, so, so that was wrong and bold. Thank you. Now, of course, until, until, I, until we started this sermon series, until I read this text for the first time uh, just a few weeks ago, I was under the impression that Shira was an 80s cartoon character, the princess of power, Shira, the strongest woman in the universe, Shira, the, the, the woman counterpart to He-Man, but obviously the better of the two. But I did not know until reading this scripture that Shira was one of the mothers of our faith. Now, this sermon series has indeed taken us to some strange places in the dusty, old, stuck-together pages of our old, Old Testaments, places we're not used to traveling to, genealogies, who reads genealogies, who preaches on genealogies. We have uncovered in this process stories, many of them uncomfortable to tell, ones that speak of things we often don't speak about in polite company. Many stories just simply forgotten, or overlooked accidentally or maybe intentionally. Shira's story is one that would be completely unknown were it not for one verse thrown in the midst of all of these names. Now, I had heard of her family, her grandfather, her great-grandfather. The text is actually a little unclear with all the sons and sons and sons, how many generations there are, and who or what is the relation of Shira to Ephraim. It's either, she's either his, his daughter or his granddaughter. But what we do know is that Joseph is Ephraim's father. Joseph, whom the entire end of Genesis is devoted to. Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob's 12 sons. Joseph, the grandson of Abraham. Joseph, who saved his family and all of Egypt from famine. Joseph is given a home because of all he's done and prominence in Egypt. He marries an Egyptian, an African woman, and together they have sons. They have two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim, as we've heard, had sons, lots of sons, but two of his sons caused him great pain. Not only did they die too young, but they died committing a crime. Instead of building wealth, making a name for themselves, they try to steal it. And a great price is paid. They are murdered for their thieving and perhaps others are killed in the process because of what they chose to do. The text says that Ephraim mourns their death for a long time. He mourns their death and then eventually decides to go on with life the best he he knows how. He and his wife have another child. They name this child Bariah, which literally means weeping. Thanks, mom and dad. Weeping. Ephraim cannot see a way out of his darkness, even with this son. And then we're told there's another child, a daughter, either Ephraim's daughter or weeping's daughter. The text is unclear, but on this, the text is very clear that this daughter descended of Jacob and Ephraim was named Shira 
And she was a builder. She built not one, not two. No, that would not be enough for Shira. She built three cities, an amazing feat for anyone. But can you imagine an ancient woman of her day? Stories of women left out as they tell the story of son after son after son. But Shira builds three cities. It's remarkable that her name is even mentioned. The book of Chronicles begins with exactly what the names suggest. A chronicle of names, a listing of people, generations of Israelites over and over and over again for chapter after chapter. The first word in Chronicles is Adam. It begins with Adam and goes on and on until we get to King Saul, the first king of Israel. The list contains hundreds of names of men and only 57 women. Most of them only mention by name, but every so often the author, she, and I'm assuming it's got to be a she, telling these stories. She, in chronicling the history of Israel, does what usually isn't done and throws in a little story about a woman. A woman who, were it not for her inclusion, we would know absolutely nothing about. Yet even though the stories are there, We still know nothing about them because we love to skip genealogies. The hard to pronounce name after name, the begats after begats. It's so very, very boring. But in skipping over their stories, we skip over their contributions. Bashira's story, as brief as it is, it's included and it's told again today. Today we speak again of the legacy of this ancient, almost forgotten woman, a mother of our faith, Shira, who did what no other woman in Scripture is credited for doing, she built cities. She's a builder forgotten no more. Well, in more recent news, tonight is the Oscars. It'd be easy, by the way, to make a segue and to talk about the contributions of women being overlooked in the Oscars with so very many men, white men nominated, but you've heard the stories. But a few years ago, one of the Oscar Best Picture nominations was Hidden Figures, a movie based on a book of the same title, which tells the story of three black mathematicians, Catherine Goebel, Mary Jackson, and Dorothy Vaughn, who worked behind the scenes to make the Apollo space missions possible. Prior to the book and the movie, we all knew the names of John Glenn and Neil Armstrong, but we did not know Catherine or Mary or Dorothy. Their contributions diminished and forgotten, but no Apollo mission, no moon landing, none of it would have been possible without Catherine, Mary, and Dorothy. How many hidden figures are in our stories? How many hidden figures in the stories of this church? How many hidden figures in the story of our city? How many hidden figures in the story of our country, of human history? Everywhere we look, their legacy is all around us. Right now, you can go to Israel today and you can see Shira's story hidden in plain sight. The remains of two of the towns she built so very long ago still remain. Their foundations, now permanent parts of the Israeli landscape, artifacts to her great power and accomplishment. Even today, her legacy lives on. Her name is never mentioned again in scripture, but this verse, but the names of her cities come up several times. 
in the valley between Upper and Lower Beth Horon, those two twin cities built on the sides of mountains, this pass in between. We're told in the book of Joshua that one of the greatest battles in all of Israelite history was fought, the battle between the Israelites and the Amorites. It's, it's that story when the sun stood still. Maybe you remember from Sunday school way, way back when. And during the, ba- the battle, the story says that the armies pass through this valley and they're being pursued. They're pursuing one another. And when they come upon upper and lower Beth Horon, Shira's cities, God rains down rocks from heaven, hail, stones that pelts the enemy army. And the Israelites are victorious. By the way, that battle is led by Joshua. We're told if you keep reading, Joshua is one of Shira's descendants. Her legacy lives on. Her third city is not mentioned again, but did you catch its name? She named it Uzzen Shira. She named it after herself. The name literally means listen to Shira. Some have suggested that even God listened to Shira. And at the moment, her descendant Joshua led the Israelite armies between the cities that she built. God listened. God remembered this faithful woman and God acted to save. Listen to Shira. But here's the deal. In the ancient world, people often did not listen to women. She was an African woman, half Hebrew, half Egyptian. By all accounts, her brothers were trouble. Her family legacy was falling apart. Joseph, her great-grandfather, who was great in Egypt, was gone, and the family was not living up to its legacy. Perhaps that's why, in part, this new Pharaoh, who we meet in Exodus chapter 1, forgets who Joseph was, his family, squandering the legacy. Chances are, around the same time Shira is growing up, the descendants of of Joseph and of all his brothers are beginning to be enslaved in Egypt. Slavery is coming. People are being ruled by the Egyptians. The Hebrews taken over, but Shira takes matters into her own hands. Her uncles go out and steal cattle, but she goes out and builds something new. In the midst of slavery, she builds cities. Later, when the Israelites return to this same land and Joshua's, after Joshua's victories, the land is all divided up into, into tribes, 12 tribes of Israel, each tribe representing the descendants of 10 of the sons of Jacob. But two tribes are given not to Joseph, Jacob's prized son, but two tribes are given to Joseph's sons, the tribe of Manasseh and the tribe of Ephraim. And guess what land, what cities Ephraim is given? The three cities built by his granddaughter, Shira. So what does this wise, powerful woman have to tell us today if we were to listen to her? Now, I don't know about you, but we may come from difficult circumstances as she did. There's always obstacles in our way, plenty of reasons to not do what we think we should do. We may be disenfranchised by those in power, enslaved by the ways of the world, but we can still become daughters and sons of Shira. We are descendants of a builder. We can become someone who sees the circumstances around them, whatever they may be, and says, no, I'm not going to let that define me. I will build something new. In order to build a city, you got to have a dream. 
You have to envision it. You have to dig down and create a foundation and you can't do it alone. You have to lead the charge. Can you imagine the group of people that Shira recruited to do this work? Recruit a team, inspire people by your vision. She did all these things. If she had not, she could not have done what she did. So what are you dreaming? Who are you inspiring? Who are you bringing around you to help you do what you know you have to do? Listen to Shira, the wise woman who led the way, overcoming pain in her family and built a new story, a new legacy. Her foundations are still there. Her story still told. May our stories like hers not be hidden or forgotten. And may we, like she, lead the way as we dream of something new and build the world that God intends for us to build. May it be so. May it be built. Amen. Amen. And let us come to Christ's table as we sing number 413, verse 1 only. Take our bread.